Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. So the title today is, Where Are You? And I'm going to get to explain this, and it's, I think it's a question we all ask of God. Where are you? But it's also a question God asks of us. Where are you? And I want to, I want to unpack that a little bit this morning. Because have you ever found yourself just getting caught up and swept around by life? Because it doesn't get slower, it gets more intense. Things seem to ramp up and get more frenetic. There's busier, more pressure, more life is just big. And the longer you do it, the 20 life is easy. 30 life's a little bit more stressful. 40, things ramp up. But God is always with us. And he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And there's the work, there's the kids, there's the meetings, the bills, the engagement. God, where are you? In the middle of it all, God, where are you? Genesis 3 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say? That's important. Did God really say you must not eat of any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from all the trees in the garden, but God did say. Did he say? God did say. You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. The devil said, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good from evil. And when the woman saw that the tree, the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then their eyes were both open. They realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together, made coverings for themselves. And the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord uh, God, as he was walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I have commanded you not to eat from? This is God speaking to Adam and Eve in the garden. And I I love this because God spoke. And said, but then the devil comes in and he says, did God really say? But it was a misdirection because he didn't ask the same question that God to, to, yeah. as, as what God had made a statement of. Yeah. And she said, she actually answered, God said, I can eat from everything, but from this tree I must not eat. Yeah. Yeah. The separation, the distance with man and God only came through disobedience yeah. of, of man's actions. Yeah. And I'm going to get to that. But again, have you ever asked yourself the question, God, where are you? I need you. Yeah. You know that great song we've been singing lately, I need you, I need you now. Yeah. I need I need you now. Yeah. Well, the Bible says God is close to the broken heart, yeah. that he never leaves us yeah. nor forsake. When you need God, God is there because God is ever-present. Yeah. He's omniscient. He's always with us. God is there right in the middle of your situation, in, in your pain, when you're having a moment where where the battle's raging and you can't seem to, to feel or sense God, he is there right in the middle. And, and I'm, I'm convinced that since the beginning of time, God's been playing the ultimate and eternal game of hide and seek. <laughs> but he's not the one hiding. He's the one seeking. 
and, and he's seeking for us today. He wants to be close to us because this is Genesis. In Genesis, we see that what God created for us, God created perfection. He created the Garden of Eden as a source of sustenance, as a source of provision, as, as a place where we could abide and we could, we could live and be blessed. But we, we messed that up. But he also created us. That's what he created for us, but he created us for communion and connection and relationship. That he created perfection for us and he created us to commune with him. He was in the garden looking for Adam. Can I suggest that God is looking for you yeah. where you're at? And God is where you're at. But we need to open our eyes to, to see God who is looking for us. I, I think that's amazing. God wants to be near you. He wants to be close. And any distance that there seems to be between us and God, can I, can I propose this morning, is a result of our disobedience to whatever God is saying for our lives. Because yeah. Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future. God's ways are better than our ways. Yeah. Yeah. And when we walk in God's ways, we walk like, like Russell was saying, we walk blessed. We, we, we lack nothing emotionally, physically, relationally, financially. We, we lack nothing when we walk with God. And, you know, that with a separation because of us, but who, who loves God that he sent his son Jesus? Yeah. And what I love in Luke 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus is the second Adam. The first Adam sinned by taking and doing what God said not to, but the second Adam, Jesus, came and, and brought righteousness back to mankind, brought us back into a relationship and close proximity with God. There doesn't have to be distance between us and God. We can be close and intimate and walk hand in hand with him every day because of Jesus. And I love that. And in Romans 5, 12, it says, Therefore, just as one man, through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death separated, uh, spread to all men because all sinned through another. Through one man, sin came. Through, through one man, death reigned. But through another man, Jesus. So when we're singing, there's one name. There's one name above any other name. There's one name that carries more power, more authority. There's one man name that can deliver. There's one man that name that can save. It's the name of Jesus, Romans 5.19. Therefore, as through one man's offence, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also... By one man's disobedience, many will be made righteous. Today, you can sit under that name. The banner over your life can be the name of Jesus. You can walk covered by, empowered by, filled with life by the name of Jesus. But if we get back to the scripture, the devil to Eve, did God really say? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But even though God said Eve chose to listen to what the enemy said, to the misdirection. And, and, and I want to suggest today that the enemy is in your ear day and night. Yeah. He's in your ear through your phone. He's in your ear through the television. He's, he's in your ear by societal standards. He's in your ear speaking. And so, Did God really say? Did God really say? My encouragement today is to do exactly what God said. Yeah. 
to walk in his ways. Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in him. Trust 100%. And like I said, they only found themselves lost and distanced distanced when they were in a disobedience to God. And I I read a great statement this week. I've I've known it for many years, but it said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And if we just live that simply, life would work a whole lot better. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And to, to experience the lives we've been created for, each of us need to live our lives as dead men. The Bible says, he who would find his life must first lose it. That we have to lay down our agendas and our desires and our wants to experience the perfection that God created for us. And it's not easy. It, it, it's, it's easy to say and not easy to do. It's really, I love you, Jesus. God bless you. I lift high the name of Jesus. I'm a follower. I'm a believer. I, I occasionally read my Bible. I, I go to church. I, I go to, it, it's a lot harder to live out because we've got so much pressing in on us. But I want to encourage you, let's let's build those disciplines. Let's, let's forge that strength on the inside of us that says that my life is built on the rock. You know, I, I love what it says in the Scriptures. To the, you choose today which gods you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. As for me, we will, there, there is a sacrifice. There's a price to be paid, but I'm telling you that the benefits far outweigh any price you will ever pay to walk in God's ways. Amen? Amen. So God asked the question of Adam, where are you? And I think it's a great question to ask ourselves. Where are we? Where are we? And like I said, we go to church. We believe. We occasionally read the Bible. We, we love to worship it. But if I, if I dig down deep, if I really get, get, get rid of some of the rubble and I dig down to it, where am I at in my life? Where am I at in my faith? Where am I at in my convictions? And where are we at? And this should be positive, by the way, because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. This, this should be a positive evaluation. Where am I at? Because when I know where I am, I can move forward. And this life of faith is a journey of growth, of forward movement and momentum. That's that's what it's meant to be. We must be moving forward towards the call of God, towards dreams. And God placed those dreams on the inside to to enlargement, to getting bigger, to growing, to developing. And I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 5. It says this, it says, if anybody is in Christ. Actually, it starts with therefore. Exclamation mark. Therefore. If anybody is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. One man sin entered the world and separation came. But through one man, Jesus, we've been reconciled back to Christ, to to the perfected state that he, he wants us to live in. Not counting people's sins against it, as he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that we uh, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So so just in regards to where are we? In our relationships, where are we at? And Melissa's pressing on me most days going, Christian, soften. Christian, deal with that stuff. Deal with things from the past. Deal with, 
issues you have. Deal with, where are we? And these are good questions to ask ourselves. Where are we in our relationships? Where are we in our faith? Church, don't let this be the expression of your faith. This is the place of empowerment. Tomorrow is your expression of faith. Tomorrow is where you get generous. Tomorrow is where you smile. Tomorrow is where you forgive. Tomorrow is where you live like Jesus. Right now we're celebrating Jesus. We're being filled through the Spirit of God. Right now, but, but is my faith alive? Is it active? Because the Bible says faith without works is dead. If I do nothing with the faith that I have, the faith that I have is useless. But the Bible says with faith the size of a mustard seed, I can say to this mountain, be uprooted and cast into the sea, and it will be, for nothing is impossible with God. You can, you can move mountains. You can change worlds. You can see lives transformed. But you have to do something with the faith that you have. It's been given as a gift, but now the gift is your responsibility to take a hold of, to, to work, to develop, and to grow. Amen? Where are we in our Christ-likeness? Do I look more like Jesus today than I did yesterday or a week ago or when I came to Christ? Do I, do I look different? Do I, you know, Hebrews says, well, the way we do it is to look to Jesus. And I've said it many times, but to look like Jesus, you've got to look at Jesus and, and take example from his life and how he did life and, and what he said. And, and like Russell said, all scriptures got breathed. It came from the, the mind of God. Through, through many men over many generations, have you taken hold of the word? Are, are you living like Jesus? Where are we in our emotions? Are we balanced or are we out of whack? Am I letting everything that hits me, if I live life according to my emotions, my life is going to be all over the place. Because today I'm up and tomorrow I'm down and then I'm, then I'm hating and then I'm loving and then I'm... I can't do life according to my emotions. I need to ground myself. Hope deferred. But when hope comes, he's the hope. He is our anchor for our souls that we can hold on to, that draws us towards the future that he has for us. Where are we in our disciplines? Do I live righteous today and swear like a trucker tomorrow? Do, where, where are we in our, in our disciplines? Because a, a disciple... It says, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. A disciple is a disciplined one. Wow. A disciple is somebody that lives according to a set of standards and disciplines, and that's what guides their life. Proverbs 11 says, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the unjust are destroyed by their duplicity. We can't live two lives. We can't sit on the fence. You know what they say, if you sit on the fence, you get splinters in your bone. <laughs> we, we, Jesus, God said, that, that I, I wish you were hot or cold, but because you're neither, I'm going to spew you out of my, my mouth. I, I want you to be on fire or go and live like everybody else does, but, but the choice is yours. Yeah. The choice is yours this day. And, and, you know, in Hebrews 6, it says, therefore, again, therefore, statement, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, and God permitting we will do so. Let us move on. The day you gave your life to Christ, you got saved. That was a free gift. Yeah. Now you have to do something with that free gift to move forward and mature in God. And that's why every week we say, read your Bible, pray, go to a connect group, give, be generous, look, live like the Bible says because it will help you and it will grow you, it will progress you and it will move you forward. But it's still not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not easy. 
But how do we do it? How do we journey well the journey of faith? Because it is a journey. It's, it's not a destination we arrive, but it's a journey we progress along. Matthew eleven twenty eight in the message says this. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. I love that. God's that good. He says you don't have to strive. You don't have to earn. You don't have to fight for. Just come to me. Yeah. And I don't know, but that probably describes most of you. You're tired? You're worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Can I encourage you to just take that scripture, write it on a bit of paper, stick it on, on your visor or anything, put it on your mirror, do, do whatever you have, and read that every day in that version. I, I Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That would be nice. But why don't we do it? <laughs> and I'm talking to me. There was a great statement I also read this week. It says, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. We get to enjoy him. Jesus. Breakthrough. Victory. All, all victory comes to us through Jesus Christ. And yes. But you get to know him in the valley. And can I encourage us this morning that God never says we won't go through valleys. But he does promise that we'll never go through them alone. Ezekiel was taken to a valley of death and God was there. Jesus was led into the wilderness and God was there. David walked through Death Valley and God was there. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego found themselves in a fire and God was there. The Israelites were led through the Red Sea and God was there. Where are you? Because God's there. Wherever you're at this morning, God is there. Pastor Kirillie last week, she said, even in the darkest valleys, when you cry out to God, he's there leading you through his perfect will for your life. He's leading you through those things. So I just want to remind us this morning, we're not the only ones seeking to find things. God is actively seeking us out. Can I get the team to come? So after a storm, a season, an issue, a victory, where are you? Because God is there with you. We need to be reminded of that. We just need we need to steal ourselves in that. We need to be strengthened by that. And I just want to encourage us this morning from the word. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. It says he's the one that gives us peace. That he returns multiplied what's been taken from us. That he loves us unconditionally. He blesses us unreservedly. He forgives eternally. He heals. He saves. He raises up. He cleanses us. He delivers us. He makes us whole. He restores us. He's with you and he's for you. Can we just stand to our feet and support you? Father, we love you. Thank you. Thank you, you're ever present. 
Thank you. Your will and your way is perfect. We bless you today, Lord. We stand here grateful for every good and perfect gift that comes to us. We say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, bless every single person standing before me today. Fill them, Lord God, afresh this morning. In your mighty and wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.